I'm in a suit day and night, yeah, I done slay for it I never knew that if I rap, I could get paid for it State to state, different cities with the gang touring He ain't a beast, if he play, I had the gang storm him It's on the love of you, my brother, we got the same story Yeah, what you know about a kick, though? You wasn't with me, I was running in that house, bro Trying to get rid Beautiful people, what's good with you? Welcome to Public Comment It's me, Smitty, your host, a.k.a. the People's Champ You know I'ma stay winning giving you what you need, filling your ear with some of that good stuff, some positive educational, motivational stuff that's just going to uh, hopefully spark you to uh, be involved and get engaged and do the thing so we can make a change. You know, uh, today's guest is Mr. Councilman. I shouldn't say Mr., but it's all good. You know, I try to make sure I put the titles on right. Uh, Councilman Nolan Sullivan of the city of Vacaville. Um, he graciously enough accepted the invitation to come on give some of his background, some of his experience on how he got into politics, uh, enlighten us on uh, what's the actual process to making change, tangible changes to policies, you know, because we can keep protesting, which we should, is, is exercising our First Amendment to petition the government, you know, and we've been petitioning, or I should say, we've been protesting for a very long time, and don't get this twisted. It's not just about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. It's been people protesting uh, way before that understand okay so uh now where we need to be uh with this protest 2.0 or the civil rights 2.0 is now we need folks in positions uh to create uh policy that makes changes uh that's uh uh efficient and tangible uh for his use that's going to be beneficial all right so understand that there's two aspects to the uh petition you know, we got to have that physical presence protesting, hey, showing, hey, our voice is strong. And then at the same time, showing our voice is strong by the words that we create in the documents uh, that we set in place uh, that will guide us going forward. So today's guest, City uh, Vacaville Council Member Nolan Sullivan, uh, please welcome, please listen. And uh, again, sir, thank you for your time. Uh, without no ado, let's get on to the show. All right. Beautiful people, what's happening? It's your boy Smitty. Welcome to Public Comment. Uh, today is uh, Monday, August 3rd, 2020. Uh, I want to welcome you. I hope everyone is doing well uh, during these times of a new way of living. Uh, I don't want to uh, go too deep into uh, the reason behind that. I think we all know that there's no reason of, of beating a dead horse. Uh, but I do hope uh, you are doing well, doing your due diligence to stay safe, to keep yourself safe, to keep your family safe, um, and just kind of trying to uh, maneuver this new way of life that uh, has been given us. And and it basically, what is kind of it's like, it's like a, a a refresher, a restart button. Hit it. Now we just start all over. Uh, see what new and exciting ways we can figure out how to live. Uh, uh, amongst one another, just add that to the list of things of other things that are already uh, pre-existing and trying to, to live with one another. So again, welcome. 
I know it's been a while since the last podcast, uh, but again, like I say, I want to make sure that I deliver you with uh, quality and uh, something uh, that's useful that 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 you could take and you can utilize and hopefully provide some motivation, maybe enlighten you, uh, give you some encouragement uh, to kind of maybe better your life. If not sure, someone uh, close to you or someone that you may know, work with, or otherwise uh, just come across that you say, hey. Hey, did you hear that? Uh, what what that was on uh, public comment the other day? So again, it was a delay, but nonetheless, uh, and not overdue, but definitely on time. Uh, our guest today is going to uh, give you some information. Um, just a qu little quick background. Uh, I we actually uh, met at a impromptu. Well, I don't want to say it was an impromptu uh, protest in front of City Hall in Vacaville. It was impromptu for me because I was just driving by. I did not know that that particular protest was happening. I seen some folks gathered out and I said, hey, man, let me go uh, check this out, see what it's about. Uh, if you don't know, I'm not a big protester guy. I'm more of a let's talk to the people that we're protesting against kind of person. Uh, I am not downplaying or minimizing the importance of protesting. Uh, I think things go hand in hand. We need actual people, uh, boots on the ground, so to speak. But we also need folks to have conversations uh, to facilitate the process even more, because I think both of them are unique uh, to the First Amendment and your your right to protest. Uh, we should be able to speak our mind, protest our mind, petition, and as well as engage in a constructive conversation uh, that moves the conversation forward of whatever it is we're, we're trying to protest. So I met this particular gentleman. Uh, there, uh, we talked briefly, uh, shared some ideas. Uh, it took a minute uh, for us to get scheduled uh, to get him on, but nonetheless, like I said, you know, everything happens in, in the time it's supposed to happen. We actually had him on as another guest on another show that I do with some other gentlemen. Shout out to uh, Troy and my brother uh, Shannon over on the third show. Uh, and uh, so it's my pleasure to have him here as a guest uh, today on Public Comment. Ladies and gentlemen, no further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Nolan Sullivan, Councilman of Vacaville. I don't know the district. Could be four. Yeah. District four. Yeah. Uh, so if you are within that district, district four, this is the man that you would reach out to. But again, I would like to emphasize it's just not solely district four. Uh, the whole city, city, yeah. whole city, whole city. If they got some questions or anything, they can talk to you, reach out for you. Um, and I think it's important that we get some city uh, folks here to give their input, to shed some light on how maybe we can change things, how they started. And so with that said, uh, Mr. Councilman, uh, the show is yours. I would like to introduce yourself and give a little bit of background if you might, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for the time and for having me on the show today. Um, so again, my name is Nolan Sullivan. I am a Vacville City Councilman. Uh, here in District 4. Um, so I kind of my story starts uh, about 35 years ago. Uh, my family moved from the Bay Area. So we lived in Pittsburgh. That's where I was born. Uh, we moved up to Vacaville when I was four years old um, and basically have lived here ever since. Um, grew up kind of on the outskirts of town, uh, a place called Allendale, which is actually kind of this weird little country hamlet outside Vacaville. And, uh, you know, spent my life uh most of my my youth here in vacaville and um product of our local school system so i started out at markham 
Uh, Browns Valley was built when I was a kid, so wow. I was the third grade inaugural class of Browns Valley, which was pretty cool. Uh, off to Jepson, which you know I have some very fond memories of, and then uh, I'm, a, I'm a Bulldog, so I graduated back from high school. Um, and uh, so, you know, I was kind of a, a North Sider okay. for most of my life, you know, okay. in terms of in terms of the North Side South Side back wall rivalry. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, so I, you know, I graduated high school and. Um, Vacaville is a big town, but it, it's it's a small town for a teenager, right? And Absolutely. so you you Absolutely. just feel like you got to get the hell out of here. You right. feel like you got to go experience the world and go kind of see things. So right. I knew I was going to leave Vacaville, and I was never going to look back. And so um, luckily, my mom kind of instilled in me that like going to college wasn't not like that's going to happen. Like you don't have choice. Like there's no like you're going to take a summer off. Like you're going somewhere right. or, or you're out of here. And so I ended up getting into Chico State, which was cool. Um, and Chico was, was honestly like little back of all, I think in my, my freshman year in Chico, there were probably 50 to a hundred kids from back wow. that went to Chico for whatever wow. reason. Okay. So we had this little home community up there, which is really cool. And so did my undergrad in Chico, um, really enjoyed the experience. Uh, Chico is a beautiful little town, kind of a, a very wild uh, kind of place all of, all of its own. I it's heard a, the stories. It's, it's, it's <laughs> mellowed a little bit, but it's just a unique little, um, you know, it's just the middle of nowhere. It's middle of farm country, and it's, right. just, it's just a great place. Right. Um, so that that experience kind of happened, um, and then basically, like you know, you're you're a, an adult. It's like you're all a, of a sudden, get bam. A, yeah, bam, right. get a job, figure right. it out. So I happened to be working at um, probably my favorite job ever. Uh, so I was I was the manager of the casino bar, so Calusa Casino. So I managed the bar and I Calusa, managed the, the little one. The little one, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so they hired me like four years prior, literally because I could use a computer. They're like, hey, you can use a computer? Like, oh, come figure this this stuff out. <laughs> this thing, right? <laughs> so I got hired on there as a supervisor and worked my way up to like a assistant manager of the bar service and of like the cocktails on the floor. Nice. And and it was a lot of fun. I really right. enjoyed it. And I used to like play poker and do some other stuff too. So it was That's it was right. it was enjoyable. So. Uh, literally, there was a software company that, like, they were using their software. Well, I want to interject. Yeah. Is it true that at the casino, well, at any bar, the drinks are watered down, but specifically at casinos, there's a there's a, there's a a myth that the drinks are watered down? So, no. So, I don't want yeah, you to yeah, incur- yeah, yeah, incriminate yourself. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, for there, there's a there's a, a level that you wanted your patrons at, right? So okay. you don't want your patrons stone sober because they're not risky, <laughs> but you don't want them sloppy. So so there was a very fine level of gotcha. do I offer this gentleman another cocktail or a cup of coffee? Gotcha. Or you know, gotcha. so you want gotcha. it, there's a there's the mark that okay. they're trying to you know they're trying to keep you having gotcha. fun, but they don't want you sloppy. So gotcha. okay. so, so it is it is an art to, to figure out that level. So um so so anyways, they had a software system there. I started using the software system, Ooh. inventory management, boring stuff. But when I graduated, I called the company, made the software, and said, "Hey, like I've been using your software for four years. I basically implemented the casino. Are you guys hiring?" I said, "Oh, of course we are." So I applied for a job with with Etech, was the company at the time, and then shot all the way down to San Francisco. So I got a job in San Francisco. Was living in Emeryville. Um, so I went from Chico to San Francisco. It's pretty big, you know, culture shift. Big, huge, huge. Um, and then life just kind of has a funny way of doing what it does. So uh, one of my friends from high school. Um, her girlfriend was in town for some sort of party in, in here in Vacaville. Cause I still right. came back to Vacaville quite often <laughs> and I ended up coming back to the party and I met this, this really pretty young gal. And, uh, you know, I remember in high school, 
kind of had a crush on her, but I thought she was kind of kind of snooty, so I just kind of oh, avoided her or whatever. Right. And then, lo and behold, she was awesome, and uh, <laughs> we kind of started dating. And so I, after that week, and I called my friend like, "Hey, hook me up with your friend or whatever." And so we kind of got together, and that ended up being my wife. And there so um, she is also a Vacaville local, so not technically a high school sweetheart. No, like a post high school okay. reconnect sweetheart okay. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, you know. yeah. So she is a is a Vacaville lifer as well. Her her family actually goes back five generations. Wow. So she's like deep, deep Vacaville roots. Yeah, and yeah. so she's super well connected. Um, so we got together and kind of the rest is history. Mm -hmm. Eventually she got pregnant with her first child. Um, and at the time I was working at the software company still. Mm -hmm. And I literally would fly out Monday to some crazy ass place in the wow. US, fly back Fridays. I mean, literally, it's like someplace in Oklahoma, someplace in wow. Ohio, some and so it was kind of cool because I got to see a lot of the country you would just never see. Okay. You know, just places free. You, and you got to free, see it free. free. You just never go there, right? So, but, you know, when she got pregnant, she's like, ah, oh, that, that ain't happening anymore. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so that really started kind of this panic mode where I, I literally just knew I needed to get a decent job quick. So at the time, I was assigned to the government sector. So I would go out and I would look at your chart of accounts for local government and look at your human resource system, and I would help install the software for you. So I got to analyze their systems, kind of see what they did, kind of figure it out. And so I never really wanted to get into public service or government. This was my first kind of foray into that mm -hmm. environment. So I only work with small governments. So school district, city, county, that was it. Gotcha. So I started thinking, you know, like, like these guys got they think pretty good money. And they, mm -hmm. you know, basically they get paid to help the public. And mm -hmm. it seems like a cool gig. So I literally applied for every government job within like a 20 square mile radius of Dixon. Because we were living in Dixon at the time. Now, when you say government job, are you talking to councilmen or are you talking to something like I don't know, postal worker. No, just just job, yeah, job. So okay. just uh, yeah, so literally, so I ended up getting the job as the janitorial supervisor for the social services agency in Yolo County. Gotcha. So I just I just wanted a government job. I didn't care what it was, mm -hmm. right? And so I didn't really know about service or know about kind of government service yet. Um, but I, I knew these government guys. They had it cool. They had it was it was a good paying job. It was cool. It was low pressure, low stress. But at the end of the day, they were kind of helping people or kind of serving the public, which kind of appealed to me. Mm -hmm. So got the job as the janitorial supervisor at the, the social services agency. Now, before you, I don't mean to cut you off. No, sorry. Just, just for uh, background sake, if you don't mind, sure. what, what, what did you major in? What did you get your degree in from Chico State? So that is a fantastic question. So I got a degree in recreation administration. So I wanted to be a park ranger. Um, <laughs> With the brown suit and the shorts. Brown suit and the shorts, man. I wanted the hat, the Yogi Bear, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I just I found out very quickly after college there weren't a whole lot of jobs in that field that paid very well, right. um, and it you know in hindsight like um, it wasn't that's a, interesting it wasn't a mistake per se but it was I really wish I would have probably pursued my master's in social work or something else okay. but you know life's weird because you just you think you know what you want to do and yeah. then one day like it's like nope you're actually going that direction yeah. and so have um, you ever used a degree. No, no. Well, the, well, so I had like recreation administration. So I mean, you could consider the casino recreation, I guess, but like not, not really. Right. So, right. so no, I have not really used the degree. That um, is, bro, I just got to say, man, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. I've never met a park ranger or yeah. someone that uh, aspired to be a park ranger. Yeah. Is that a, like a lucrative gig? No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So, so no. So in hindsight, they would not pay the bills and it probably wasn't. Unless we wanted to live in the middle of the woods. Okay, because me and my wife yeah. just, we were just yeah. literally Saturday yeah. in, in Humboldt at the Redwoods. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we've seen one ranger. Now, right. we've seen some right. visitor worker right. info right. people. Right. And I, again, I don't want to get off the ship, but I just for are those people considered like forest? 
they have part-time staff. And so if you're in a national forest, you actually have national staff. If you're in a state park, you have state staff. And you actually have county parks workers as well. So there's a whole spectrum, a whole okay. gamut. Okay. And honestly, I mean, if depending on the lifestyle you live, it could be a pretty cool gig, right? Like okay. if you really wanted to be outdoors and right. fish and whatever, right. Right. I mean, go be in Alaska, and yeah. be, you know. And so at one point in time, I thought that's what I really wanted. But the, the irony is I really <laughs> don't really like to fish. Don't really like the outdoors that much, and uh, I mean I like the outdoors, but like I, you know I don't want to live out there for thirty days at a time. But just for whatever reason, oh, it seemed yeah. like a, a likely pathway, uh, and you know so. I didn't mean to I didn't yep, mean to that, backtrack that, yep. but I thought that was fascinating yep, yep. To, to get to where you are now. So please right. go ahead. So think long and hard about your degree, and even if you mess it up, <laughs> even if you mess it up and pick something weird, right? There's there's still hope. There's still an opportunity to go. pivot to something there, else. There you go. Um, I appreciate so, it. But so actually, so I, I did go back and get my master's though. Okay. So I felt it was really important to actually kind of memorialize my education kind of with my life path and kind of mm -hmm. where I wanted to head. So I actually went back and I got my master's in public administration okay. um, through the University of San Francisco. So that was kind of where I kind of like refocused what I wanted to do when I finally figured it out. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Cool, so, cool. so anyways, got, got the job as the janitorial supervisor at the social services agency and loved it. Just lo absolutely loved their mission, loved what they did. They literally, all they do all day long is, is help families that are, they're trying to get out of poverty. So they help them get jobs, they access food supports, access housing, access other medical resources. Okay. And so it was just kind of unreal to me that like you could get paid to help people. Like right. that's what you, that's what you do. Like right. all day long, you're helping people out of tight spots. You're helping people pay their bills. You're helping people access medical care and you get a pretty good living to do it. And mm -hmm. you get pretty good benefits too. So I just found that really inspiring. And I just had this knack to kind of my mom has this gene, man, where she's always volunteering. So whether it's like the local ballet, the Boy Scouts, the you name it, she's volunteering somewhere. She's probably cooking a casserole for some bake sale or nice. something right now, guarantee nice. it. And so I got whatever that bug was. And so I just, you know, always wanted to volunteer and help and kind of get involved. And so um, I just really liked that aspect of my life, being able to do that. So then my personal life, I started volunteering. So, you know, I didn't have any money at the time because we were kind of a broke young couple, but I had time and energy. Like everybody else. Right, you know. So I started volunteering for a group called the Vacaville Public Education Foundation, or VPAF. So VPAF is a 501c3 nonprofit. It's been here in Vacaville for probably about 20 years now, mm -hmm. just under 20. Um, and they've raised about five million bucks for local schools. And I really just liked the idea. I had really fond memories of my experiences here as a kid growing up and my school experience. And even though I probably didn't take my education as seriously as I should have, it still really did set me up for, for success. Like right. I feel like I really had a good, a good place to come from. And it was just a good community. So I wanted to give back. So I started with this public education foundation and just just volunteering my butt off and just working with them to fundraise and support local schools and local teachers. Um, and that really kind of started my kind of foray into the public kind of, you know, arena or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so, then, yeah. well, I, I, so with, with that, I, and, and uh, I know it sounds like I know where you're going, you're just mm -hmm. kind of leading us in, but I would just like, I think serving the public in the in the uh, the title you was in, mm -hmm. I think uh, when do you say, okay, I'm ready to be a councilman now? I mean, right. when because I think politics of a councilman, but then just working for the the government, right. I think are two different things. So how did that come? How did that play about? They're they're very different. So yeah. so uh, yeah. So so one day I met with a gentleman and he a very well-known kind of local city manager who worked for years and years and years in a local city. And I basically kind of told him like, look, I, I really enjoy my career at the County, mm -hmm. but I also am kind of thinking about this political thing, you know, 
And he told me very clearly, like, you can only choose one path. You can only be elected or administrative. And I, I believe that advice, but I also don't believe that advice. And so I think it's really interesting that um, I have to operate as the, the doer during the daytime. So there's a board of supervisors in Yolo County that says, this is what you guys are doing. And as the county welfare director, I say, okay, cool. I'll do what you guys want me to do. But it also gives me, and they're a great board. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I genuinely love the direction they head. But I've got some pretty strong opinions. Too. I've got some pretty strong thoughts in my head. And so it's also nice to say, okay, well, I'll listen to you here. But in my other life, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to direct us to this path. And I think, honestly, having a foot in both worlds makes you a better politician, but it also makes you a better government administrator. Because when I do a presentation or I do a, a something for the board, I know what they're looking for because I'm looking for that with staff in Vacaville. Gotcha. But then I also know if I really want to get things done administratively or really kind of affect change, like this is what you have to do as an elected. And so can you, can again, I don't want to cut you sure. off, but just for clarification, can you explain the difference of uh, elected and administrative? Yeah. So administrative is you're hired. So you're hired into the position. So I promoted up from supervisor to, uh, to manager, to uh, assistant branch manager, to director. Okay. And so I actually promoted up just like you'd promote in a normal career right. in the county. And so I went all the way from kind of the bottom to, you know, up towards the top in terms of the, the welfare department. Um, and that's administrative. So that's following the administrative pathway. So pretty much the highest you can go in the administrative pathway is the city manager. Mm -hmm. It's the county administrative officer. It's the school board superintendent. That's the top administrative position you can get hired into. Gotcha. Um, elected is you were elected into that. So you can have no experience, mm -hmm. no, no, totally what you're talking about or nothing what you're talking about and be elected to a city council, to a school board uh, or to a, a county board mm -hmm. member position. Mm -hmm. And so there's two paths. So one's the administrative one's kind of. So I'm kind of working both tracks. I've kind of got one in the administrative world and I've kind of got one in this elected world. And it is kind of a very unique experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and to some degree, I, I see what he's saying about you have to choose one, but it's also it's it's worked for me so far to not choose one and kind of try to do both. Um, so so where that kind of started was I was doing this volunteer thing, and then all of a sudden Measure A came up. And you actually were talking about earlier about the stadium with with, with your kids. Right, right, right. So I I just knew that um, through my my trials and tribulations with VPF that we have one of the lowest funded school districts in the state of California. Just right. bottom 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 barrel, bottom 20%, like pound for pound, our kids get less tax dollars per kid, per student, just hands down they have for 15, 20 years. Um, and, and that's a problem because because dollars equal quality in education. They and don't. I think you mentioned that on the third right. show. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. So this opportunity for $194 million bond measure came up and they're like, we need someone to run this damn thing and like make it work. And so, you know, being kind of a crazy young, kind of like idealistic person, I'm like, I'll do it. Cool. Absolutely. So I ended up sharing that thing and, and took it on. And we had a full on campaign, just like you'd have a political campaign. And lo and behold, a year and a half later, the bond passed. And that got us the stadium. That got us the new school buildings back high. That got Sierra Vista reopened. I mean, it got all nice. these amazing things nice. for our kids that we really needed. And right. honestly, they deserved and they should have had years and years right. and years ago. Right. right. Um, but that's what started my political bug. So right. I was like, well, if I could do 194 million. Right. Why couldn't I be on the school board or why couldn't I run for city council or why couldn't I go for state set or whatever? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of changed my um, my level of confidence in myself, my level of if if a year of effort can bring one hundred ninety four million bucks back to school kids that you really care about, like you, you can do anything with some effort right, and some time. Right. 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 So um, quickly thereafter, a vacancy on the school board popped up. Mm -hmm. And so um, one thing I heard through the campaign is lots of people were pretty upset with the previous tax measure. They really felt like the, the school district with Measure V 
kind of bait and switch the, the, the residents. And right. so we were supposed to build a third high school and do all this other stuff. I heard about that. And there were a bunch of reasons we didn't. And it all kind of made sense, but they didn't really communicate it very well. And there were a lot of people that were very angry and kind of said that we just frizzled away the money, right? Right, right, right. And so this opening on the school board came up and I'm like, I want to make sure we do this right. I want to make sure this was my bond that I passed or my measure that I passed. I put my name on it. I want to make sure we get it off to a good start. I want to see Markham with a brand new school. I want to see major upgrades at Jepson. I want to see a stadium at Wilson Wood. So I applied for the vacancy and got on there. I was on for three years um, and really felt like um, we got it off to a good start, but that really wasn't my final destination. That wasn't really where I wanted to be. Um, and so honestly, like I was going to take six, seven, eight years off to be a dad. So I left the school board after my term ended, decided I wasn't going to run again. Um, in that three years, though, I really started paying attention. I started paying attention to the power that you have in a council meeting, the power that you have in a school board meeting. How one vote that looks like the most boring ass vote you've ever seen in your entire Absolutely. life is directing millions of dollars Absolutely. one way or another way. And so right. I really discovered kind of where the strings of power are kept in a city. Mm -hmm. And it is the most boring, non-hidden <laughs> secret ever. <laughs> right. But it's at your local city council meeting, right. or it's at your school board right. meeting, or it's at your board of supervisors right. meeting. And it's not planning a, commission. Planning commission. Yeah. And yeah. it's not entertaining, it's not sexy, it's yeah. not cool. Yeah. But that is how you make serious structural change, Absolutely. and that, or that's how you keep power, or give power, or, or or make, you know, your community what you want right, it to be. Right, right, right. And so I started paying attention to city council meetings, and um, Vacaville is an interesting place in that the majority of, and I'm not saying it should be all Democrat or should be all Republican, but the majority of Vacaville voters are Democrats, mm -hmm. just by the numbers, right? The overwhelming majority of elected leaders in Vacaville are Republicans. And so whether that's a good thing, bad thing, whatever, what we like to say is, oh, it's partisan politics. That doesn't matter. I, I say that's wrong. I say it does matter because chances are if you're talking about local issues like the environment, like police, like Black Lives Matter, like equity versus equality, tiny houses, tiny houses, <laughs> your party matters. And I Absolutely. can almost guarantee that based on your political party, I can almost guarantee which way you're going to vote. Mm -hmm. um, and so even though we say it's a non kind of partisan situation is very much not nonpartisan. Yeah, it's nonpartisan. We're talking about potholes or barking dogs. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. not that's nonpartisan. We, we can all agree on the, like this is how you shovel the asphalt in the yeah, pothole. Right, right. But when you're talking about how do you treat the lowest uh, or the, the most unfortunate members in your community that happen to be homeless and yeah. maybe addicted to substances with mental health, how do you treat them? Yes. Your political party matters. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about how your law enforcement agency, even though they may be fantastic and there's absolutely no issues, how do you have a discussion about what if there ever could be issues or could we do yes. a better job? Yes. Your political party matters. Absolutely. When you're talking about why don't we have solar powers that power our entire city and make it have zero net carbon footprint and wow. make sure that in the future our children don't have a planet that's polluted with toxic bullshit. Mm -hmm. Your political party sadly matters because those are your priorities and that's kind of what you vote for. And so even though we're caught up in this political dialogue, this political de debate at the national level, right. I can give two Two cares. I probably shouldn't swear too much. I, 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 I could give two. I don't lose any sleep over thinking about 45. I really gotcha. don't. I gotcha. really don't. Gotcha. What I lose sleep about is Vacaville, and I lose sleep about our local electeds and what we're going to do here to make the future brighter for us. Right. Because honestly, a vote in our council chambers is seven times, I'm just making that number up, I, I, seven I, I, times I, I, more powerful than a vote that Trump's going to make tomorrow. Absolutely. And, and that's the bottom line. And absolutely. so, um, I'm kind of tangenting here a little well, bit. Well, no. I, and so, with, with that being said, uh, just from your experience, what would you say the voter turnout is here in the city of Vacaville? The voter turnout is pretty abysmal. I think it's somewhere in like wow. the 40% rate. Really? It's, it's pretty low. Wow. This election will be pretty high. 40%. 
It's it, it, we got we got to look at the data. I mean, Bob, yeah, it's yeah. somewhere around it, there. It's, it's not seventy. No, yeah. it's, it's shockingly low. Wow. And then even the registration rate is off, and it's just you know, it's it's um, people aren't. And I think it's not just it's not just the voter rate. It's one of the problems we have is that, and this is what local politicians are really good at. Um, we're really good at 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 being really nice people. We're Absolutely. Re we're really good at, at like being your, your kid's baseball coach. We're mm -hmm. really good at being your neighbor down yes. the street yes. that you had a beer with after work one day right. that was really nice. We're really good at always oh, seeing you at Creekwalk concert series and, and waving and saying hi. <laughs> and and the reason we do that is because we want to be, A, because we are, we are nice people, uh, but, right, but right. B, we want your vote. Sure, and so, you know, so you may have very fond memories of your past councilman or board member or mayor and they may have been great on your kids' t-ball team, or they may have been great when you guys volunteered for that thing, or great when you guys worked together. But do they vote the same way that you vote, or do they right. care about the issues that you care right. about? Right. Who knows? Well, you know, and I would say just on, on that, I know that's a rhetorical question, but right. I would like to answer it and say, just from my experience as a father and as a community member, you go to your kids' baseball game at Keating, right, or at Foxborough or Centennial or wherever. There's probably not going to be too much conversation around politics, right? Even if the coach or the assistant coach, or even a, a, a parent right. of one of the players is a city council member, you're probably not going to talk politics right. in that scenario. So, to your point, like they're just out there to be friendly, you know? I mean, how do you bring that up? How do you start that conversation? Like, hey, hey, yo, John, and I know your kid just hit a home run. What are you going for? On measure A, <laughs> you know that that is the million dollar question, man, and that's that's really what's tough. It's it's how do you really get to the root of what your local electeds want things right. to do, and I think sadly probably the best way to do that is when you have moments like George Floyd or you mm -hmm. have moments that actually bring these issues out. That's when you call that person. You say, "Hey, Nolan, you know, right, right. I don't want to bug you, but right. this is really important to me. How do you feel about X, Y, or Z?" Right. And, and honestly. That's what I'm struggling with now is how do we have this conversation? And it doesn't mean that people are bad people or good people or whatever, right. but it's really easy to hide your beliefs on core issues that most people care about. Absolutely. How do we get that issue out? And so then again, I would say another rhetorical question is, oh, I don't know if it's, I know your question is wrong, but my comment is with me and my life, me and my wife living in Vacaville since 2004. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who the city council members were. Sure, right. They, they, they could have been on my son's baseball team. Right. They could have been a parent. They could have been. No one says it. You yep. don't walk around. There's not a sign. Yep. Hello, I'm Nolan Sullivan, city council member. Just right. before. Um, so, again, I, I think that's just some of the things. How do we get that information right. out there um, other than showing up on TV on Channel 26, right. you know, twice a month, yep. that, and then no one's really paying attention. Right. Because I can honestly say this. Me and my wife, since we lived this and so forth, we probably watched one city council meeting. Sure. And that was the one where you guys were discussing, and I don't know if you were part of it then, uh, but a uh, discussion of going to districts. Right. You know, and, right before I got elected. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and so, again, another reason for the podcast is to get this information out there so folks like yourself right. can be visible. Right. So people know who you are. Right. And it's okay to approach you at the Nugget. Totally. Or yeah. the Creekside or whatever. Yeah. Well, I know we can't do that yeah. now, but I wish we could. Um, so, yeah, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I nope. just wanted to put that nope. out there to make sure people are listening and they're engaged. You know, you got to find out who right. the city council members are. Right. They live in your city. Right. You, right. They might live next door to you. Yep. You know, um, so I, I didn't want to go too deep. But I just want to make sure that people know Wait, that that's kind of. You, you made a point earlier about protesting. 
And yeah. I think that that um, protesting is is absolutely an essential American right responsibility. I think um, it, it it is one of the most patriotic things you can do, just based absolutely. on the way this country was founded. Boston Tea Party, right? right. And <laughs> and I would respect anyone's right to protest. I mean, it's it, and I and I understand that aspect, but I think honestly, what the movement, any movement, mm-hmm. and whether it's Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, Absolutely. voting rights, whatever, yeah. any movement is missing, is that we need we need protesters, they have their role, but we need like interpreters or yes. translators. And yes. so what we need is someone who speaks yes. city council boring ass stuff, right. translates that to the masses and explains kind of what's happening. Because there's this huge gap where protests will never fix this gap. It just Absolutely. won't. What will fix this gap is is voting. And yeah. and voting alone, and I know people get mad when you say just vote, and that's yeah. just but you have to have an educated yes. vote. Yes. And yes. so there is this missing level of translation or interpretation. Hold on one second. We, we're going to, we got to take a break. Okay. We got to take a break, but do not lose that train of thought because that was going to be the, one of the follow-up questions, but uh, we're, we're going to be uh, right back uh, after this. We just got to take a quick, give me a minute, refresh, drink some water. Hold on people. Uh, we'll be right back with the second half of this interview. Uh, and we'll get into some how to make policy. <laughs> Beautiful people. Hey, thank you for sticking around through this intermission real quick. We're going to get back to uh, council member uh, Sullivan. Hey, but in the meantime, in between time, man, go get your belly right, man. Go get it full. Go check out my people, man. Hey, sugar mama's catering. Yeah. The advance. They got it popping. They got it going on. I'm trying to tell you, wait, it's, it's filling is going to make your tummy smile. You can check them out on their website. Main event catering. That's M A I N A V as in Victor E N T C A T E R I N G dot com. Main event catering. Go check them out. Hey, me and my most beautiful slid through there. Got our face dirty. They just did a little soiree. We have. They catered us. They came through way chicken. The whole whoop wop. It was going down. I'm telling you. Go over there. Make yourself happy. Get fed. Hey, put a smile on your belly. They the business. All right, beautiful people, we're back. Welcome. Uh, hope you enjoyed that quick little reset. Uh, the fascinating information uh, of the background Mr. Sullivan has shared. Uh, now we're going to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of actual politics. And I, I want you to continue uh, what you're saying because I-, I agree with you a whole. I mean, I can't even tell you. Like, I think the First Amendment is so important and that it's more than just protesting, but it is actually having a conversation uh, and there's different avenues that need to be attacked. And I don't mean attacked in a violent way, but it's approached, uh, uh, spoke about, negotiated, whatever word you want to use. Um, so I'm going to hold off on my question because I think you was going there. But once you get going, I think I want to throw that question because I think it's important. So feel free, sir. Go ahead. Sure, sure. I, I think we, we left off, we're talking about sort of this gap or this vacuum. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the things in my observation that the protest movement, any protest movement, mm-hmm. I'm not just talking Black Lives Matter, what's happening today, one step it really misses is there's this gap in uh, educating your voter base yes. on kind of the issues you care about and how they connect to your local politics. Mm-hmm. And so there is this notion that, you know, all efforts should be directed at the local national parties and the president mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Most likely, depending on the issue you're worried about, the people in the city council chamber down the, down the street or the Absolutely. school board chamber down the yes. street 
are going to make far more impact on your life. And yes. I guarantee you, most of the people voting for them don't know their names. Absolutely. They don't know what political party they're affiliated with. Right. They don't know which way they're going to vote on issues. Um, and so there has to be this this uh, this movement to fill that gap. Yes. And I think we can protest and protest and protest. Mm -hmm. But until you educate voters, A, to register to vote and vote, which is not even half the battle. That's a fraction of the battle. Right. But making an educated vote that represents your value system is very, very important in this country. And it's interesting in this era that we live in with social media and Google and so much information at your fingertips, you cannot find a, an ounce of information yes. on your local politician. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's baffling. It's mine, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I don't believe any community should be liberal or any community should be conservative. Mm -hmm. I believe that community should represent that community's values. There you go. And I think what happens is we hide our internal values as a local politician and it's really hard for Joe and Sally voter to figure that out. Yes. And that that is the crux of what the issue is. And I think there's an opportunity right now to start another dialogue with Black Lives Matter. And I think what I mean by that is that there's so many tangible things that your local government can do to impact this issue. So whether it's, uh, you know, removing chokeholds from the use of force policy, whether it's, you know, it's. Uh, mandatory arbitration and all these so things like campaign zero eight can't wait very tangible practical steps the city council or school board or someone can kind of take to, to kind of do what you want to do and i think now it really is putting it to these councils in these different areas and saying look like either you do this or you don't do this right. and it kind of brings that transparency layer there too but i think what has happened historically is there's this layer of convolution and confusion yeah. where it's hard to connect that issue mm -hmm. with this city council vote mm -hmm. but that council member directly votes on who your police chief is mm -hmm. what the use of force policy is right. all these different pieces so if those are important to you then you need to know what that person's going to vote on mm -hmm. you need to vote them in or out of office and it could be a plethora of issues it Absolutely. could be anything Absolutely. from yeah. you know religious freedoms or churches in your city to you know so the new railroad right, station right I that's understand. exactly and that's so how i think what ha needs to happen is the protest movement has to sort of evolve and create this offshoot of an education movement I agree, where, where you you create agitation and angst and, and the moment where people are paying attention, but then you connect them to the avenues to yes. find their information. And that's the gap that we have today. And honestly, it is it is a uh, really hard task to undertake. Yeah. But but there has to be a niche for that. And there has to be people like yourself right. that are doing that. And I think that is probably the most vital need we have today. Um, there's, well, yeah. I, I would say in uh, to that. Uh, I think it is important. I, I, I piggyback exactly what you're saying. It's okay to protest, but then then what's the next step? And then what? Right. And then and that leads me into my next question: is uh, how are city ordinances, policies, how are they created? What's the legislation process of making a change in the city to say uh, city A uh, will not allow chokeholds, or city A won't allow uh, for you to sleep on a park bench? I mean, how is the basic form of legislation created? So the, the first, like the root fundamental piece you have to look at first is jurisdictional authority. And so is this a uh, is this a federal purview? Is this a state purview or is this a city purview? Right. So so the city can't necessarily. And what happens is the, the feds always trump the state and the city. Mm -hmm. The state always trumps. Actually, the county's in there, too. So you got the feds. The state, the county, the city. Gotcha. The city is always the, the lowest guy or gal on the totem pole. And but so, that's where you start. That's where you start. Gotcha. So so as long as it's an issue that is not mandated by the federal government, not mandated by the state, the county kind of has some weird stuff. But if the feds in the state, then it's a city purview. So use of force, police actions, 
the whole defund discussion, all of that is a city purview, right? Mm -hmm. So unless it's otherwise written in the constitution or somewhere else, and that's kind of where it's a little, a little murky. Okay. So, okay. so first thing you have to figure out is whatever you're talking about, whatever the issue is, it could be environmental, it could be religious reasons, it could be, you know, police. Is this a city issue that the city has purview over? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a quick Google search or talk to an attorney or someone can help you figure that out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And then it's super simple, man. It's, it's three votes. That's it. It's, you have three people on your council at, at this point in time or it'll be four in November when we go to seven council right, members. Right. The majority of your council says, yes, we want to vote for a policy on X, Y, or Z. Okay. And so we don't write it verbatim, word for word for word, but we have attorneys that will take the spirit of our discussion and mm -hmm. turn that into law. Okay. And so it's really that simple. It's, wow. it's having that. And honestly, things crash and burn by one vote all the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So wow. it sounds like this very complex, laborious process. But to get a city ordinance written, whether it's for barking dogs or potholes mm -hmm. or police actions or environmental actions, it literally just takes a council discussion that's agendized and the majority of you vote yes for this direction or that direction. And so thank you. Thank you. Because I, I, I did not know that. Right. Um, I tried to educate myself on the law itself and how it's utilized, but not really understanding how it's formed right. and how it's created. And I think that a lot of folks, and I'm not going to say black folks, uh, but a lot of people that uh, uh, has barriers in their lives uh, don't know the fundamental process sure. of how their city government works, let alone on a federal level. Sure. Um, and I think this is why I'm glad you joined me today and shared these things uh, and to to try to bridge that gap and try to build something forward. How is it is it is it conceivable? to have uh, a city uh, government education class where the folks could sit, come listen, uh, and be informed to learn what that process is, just like you just explained. Right. Because what we have to, what I have to realize and be humble enough that like everybody in the city of Vacaville is not gonna listen to my podcast. Right. So there's still gonna be a disconnect right. of some folks who don't get the information down to them. And as a black man, the black community is my number one concern. But another really thing that really just hinders me is like we have a lot of citizens who are English as a second language. Right. And then not just not just Latinos. Right. You know, we many the world right. Travis right there. Right. We get a lot of people and with with that language barrier. I think that also causes some uh, uneasiness to want to participate. Sure. So, again, I, my question to you is how do we create and I know that wasn't one of my questions, but since we got here. Is that something we can look into that the city can look into, like to educate, to have a, uh, I guess, a civics 101 or government 101? So, I mean, back in like the 60s and 70s, you actually used to have to take civics or government, local government classes in high school. Like it used to be a mandatory mm -hmm. requirement. I think you actually used to have to go to council meetings and do some other stuff. I did in high school. Right. right. It wasn't the 60s, it was the 80s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it, but even then, like it's it's do you really learn kind of the intention of what the lesson is? Then, right? Absolutely. So I, I have like two trains of thought on this, and they're kind of like opposite trains of thought. So the first train of thought is that you have to have a local government committed to doing that and mm -hmm. committed to engaging and educating people. Yes. As an elected official, that's a risky proposition because you're educating people to essentially have the power over you. Okay. And and that and in my opinion, I would always advocate for people to have power over me. It's not me. It's them. Absolutely. But. Do you have the political will to spend resources and do that right now in Vacaville and Solano County in California and the nation? No, in most cases, sadly. The second school thought I have, though, is I have seen the city of Vacaville actually make some really good attempts to educate and engage the public. And I have seen the public fail to rise to the wow. occasion. So, for example, we had a um, 
had kind of a really weird deal with a local park over in Southtown. Okay. And the developer tried to do some kind of squirrely stuff and staff did some stuff kind of that, that didn't really, um, it was a little questionable. Okay. And so a lot of folks were very angry because they were trying to move some commercial into a park space and kind of do these things. And it kind of sort of fell within the guidelines, kind of sort of did whatever. People were pissed. Mm-hmm. People were calling me all, all angry. So, you know, a, a, a couple other council members were getting all these angry calls too. And so we said, we got to do something about this. So we pulled together all these staff and had them put this big presentation on. We spent, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of staff hours. We got five or six people to host this Zoom forum. I log into the Zoom forum, super fired up to hear these people and kind of how they're going to, one other person was on the call. Wow. It was me and one other person. So all those folks that called to be pissed, all yeah, those folks were upset, yeah. all those folks that called me, none of them showed up and voiced wow. their concerns. And so it's sort of this process where like in a pure world, you would think if you provide this opportunity, people are going to totally do it. Yeah. But these were people that like, I know, and, tra- and no, no harm. I mean, they've oh, got kids and lives and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a lot of times you put information out there and then people just don't take the time to pick it up. Ooh. So, so I don't know. I mean, that's a yeah. great question. Like if, if the city spent a hundred thousand dollars next year on having the civic engagement course, would it be successful? Right. I don't know. I mean, they, they have some programs through the police department and other areas that are pretty successful. And so Ooh. I think the city does try, but I don't know. That's a, that's a great question, yeah, you know, yeah. and I can go either way. But no, it's just, I understand. Yeah. I, and and yeah. I, I just thought it would be, again, back to our conversation about protesting and, you know, the different angles right. and actually making policy change. But then again, I think we have a lot of protesters who are just kind of tagalongs. Um, yeah. But maybe there's that one person that actually wants to get involved, yep. but doesn't know the process. Right. And that's why I'm asking you right. these questions, how to get involved. Right. How did these these changes come about? And so, with all of that said, and sharing uh, your experience, I, my my final question is just: It sounds like it's an uphill battle to get the people of Vacaville engaged in the city's workings. Where do you see it going, or how would you like to envision it? And I don't want twenty years because that's too far. Right, five years, uh, and I only say five years because in a matter of where we at August in a matter of eight months, our entire world changed, right? Totally changed upside down. Right. So I would say in five years, I think that's a, a, a nice amount of time to see some tangible difference. What would you like to see? And I, I, and I mean that like in the sense of, of equity. Uh, and when I say equity, I don't want this to be a race equity. I'm talking about equity as far as the, the, the community as a whole, income, health, yeah. education, uh, input, Yep. You know, I, that, that's what I'm saying about equity. What would you like to see this? I, I think what I would like to see is I would like to see a representative democracy. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what this country is founded on. And that's what theoretically we have at the federal level, the state level and here in the city of Vacaville. By the numbers, that's not true. Okay. So by the numbers, we do not have a representative democracy. Uh, there is only one uh, Latino uh, elected out of the 12 city council and school board members in Vacaville wow. when 30 to 40 percent of our population is Latino. Wow. There is not one LGBTQ mm-hmm. member. There's not one black member. There's mm-hmm. So I, I think and, and honestly, looking at political party again, like I'm not trying to make this a political party thing. Understood. It's a liberal or conservative thing. Mm-hmm. We have three, three liberal electeds out of 12. Mm-hmm. The overwhelming majority of voters in Vacaville are, are Democrat or liberal. So why do we have a conservative leaning governing body over a liberal community? Vacaville is not blue. It is not red. Mm-hmm. It is kind of a bluish shade of purple. Gotcha. And, and I want bluish purple. Like that's, Absolutely. The, that's literally what I want. Right. It's not that I want the conservatives to get out of here or the Republicans mm-hmm. to go home. 
I want a democracy. We can also lay the sandbox right. together. That looks like the people of Echo, right? And we're not, and I'm not going to win every one of my issues, but I'm not going to lose them either. And right now, I'm losing them every single day gotcha. because the priority set for folks in power right now, it, their priorities are not my priorities. And they're not the priorities of all VACLA voters. So what I really want in five years is I want the voters of VACLA to wake up and say, I'm gonna vote for someone who represents me. And to do that, they've gotta be engaged, educated, and involved. And that's hard to do. And I hope that we have a council member with someone who speaks Spanish. And I yeah, hope that we yes, have a school board yes. with someone who's LGBTQ. Yeah. And I hope that we have you know, our first uh, black Mayor, mayor, right? And I hope that we have a young DACA right. councilwoman. Absolutely. So, and all of that should and can't happen. And yeah. I think that if all of us are hopeful and optimistic and really try, yeah. we can have a representative democracy that is not—it's not liberal, it's not conservative, it's vacuable. It's, it's for the people. It's bluish purple, for like the it's by the for the people by the people. And yeah. so that's—I think that with districts, and I think that with the candidates that we have, and I think that with people actually being woke up and pissed mm-hmm. off, yeah, um, and probably going out to vote, whether it's against Trump or for mm-hmm. Trump. I think we're gonna have a massive turnout. So I just hope that oh, people so. really do their digging and that yeah. they vote for the right folks and they encourage their friends and family to do the same. And, and with that said, with that said, how can, because you made it, you know, there, you can't find information on your city council. Where can people look for that information? Who's running, what the candidates are, who's the incumbent? I mean, how do they find that for here at Vacaville? That, that is a really, really good question. I mean, so the newspaper has some good information in terms of who's running, who the incumbents are, who they okay. aren't. Um, depending on your local political party, you can actually, there's a local Republican group and a local Democrats okay. group. You can get involved. So the Northern Salon Democrats is the local group here in town. I'm not sure who the local Republican group is, but I know they have one. You can look them up on Facebook and connect. And they actually mm-hmm. do candidate forums and meet and greets. Right. They discuss things. Um, I think, honestly, meeting connected community people like yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- we have to have those ambassadors and those translators and interpreters yes. that can kind of walk in both worlds and they yes. have to provide the message in a culturally competent, sensitive way to the people receiving it, mm-hmm. but also be able to sit down with someone like me and say, hey, break this down and then, right. and then disseminate it. So I, I really do hope the protest movement sort of evolves here because that yes. really is the missing ingredient. Yeah. It is really hard to get to know your council members. Okay. So, and, and then honestly, worst case scenario, Email them, call yeah. them, ask them. You yeah. know, if you it's on the website, yeah, it's, it's on the, the website. website. All of our email addresses there. I get five, six email address at, or emails a day. Sometimes it's on things that I disagree with, and sometimes it's on things that I do agree with. And mm-hmm. I'll give you my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. You should do that with your council members, the folks that you're voting for. And a nugget, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Email, 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 yeah. and then honestly, there, there will be a couple candidate forums. Mm-hmm. You know, and then outside of that, it just find people that you trust that are educated, mm-hmm. engaged. I, I would say probably ten percent of us. Are paying attention to these things right find someone you know and trust and respect someone that you would let you know watch your kids mm-hmm. or someone that you would you know let manage your finances mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. ask them their opinion you yeah. know outside of that it's just um that is a really good it's hard yeah. it's a really it's a tough <laughs> one you know it's a tough one so I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot yeah. i know that was an extra question but uh i thought it was uh i thought it was important to yeah ask. just just uh, so they can get to know you yep and, and find out about you yep you know so mr sullivan thank you Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time, man. The, the insight is incredible. And I just, uh, now you, are you up for, is your seat up for I'm good. I'm, I'm clear for solid? two years. So I'm, two. yeah. So okay. me and the mayor are the only ones that don't have seats up right okay. now. So okay. we literally, the entire council's flipping. So we have wow. four seats up, 
and then Mitch Mashburn got elected to supervisor, right, so his seat right. will be vacated. So we'll right. fill his seat by appointment afterwards, which that's a story oh, for another day. Um, so the entire council's flipping. School board has, I want to say, four seats. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, literally the whole landscape of back wow. could change or it could stay exactly it, it, Absolutely, the same. Yeah. absolutely. So, so to your point, like you're saying, this is a very big year. Huge year. Biggest year, I would say, in probably 20, wow. 25 years of back Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're going to be seated for two more years. Yeah, me too. Me I, too. I, I, I appreciate your time and your effort and your energy, man. Yep. You thank know, you. So thank you for joining me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to slide this over here. So right. can, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it was my pleasure. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Council Member uh, Sullivan. That uh, I think that was very much needed at the time that we're in. Uh, and like you, if you follow me on Facebook, you know I'm, I'm all about uh, getting involved and being engaged. Uh, you heard the council member say around 40% registered voters are actually showing up and doing nothing. Uh, but we want to complain about things that aren't right or that you don't like. Well, those things are never changed if you don't get involved and vote and be engaged. So I'm, I'm, I'm urging you uh, check out. And this is not just for Vacaville. This is for whatever city you live in. You can go to your city's website. You can find the council members that are currently there. There's probably going to be their, their number, their picture. Uh, their email address, send them an email, call them, uh, get to know them, see them out and about. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, and, and I, this is just what I know of city council uh, folks. They like to take pictures of photo ops. It means they're out in the public, you know, so uh, uh, get involved. Uh, uh, you heard the council member say four new seats uh, for the city council, four new seats uh, for the school board of Vacaville. Um, I'm sure there's other seats available in other cities, on other boards. And the only way we can actually make this a tangible difference is if we start getting involved and get to the table. You know, we need representation to look like us, to sound like us, uh, to speak like us, because that's the only way our protests is not going to go in vain. We've been protesting for years now, and, and it was and started long before Martin Luther King. I know that's the one they try to put out there, but protesting has started way before uh, Martin Luther King. So understand that. And then also understand this, that a patriot just isn't a white guy throwing tea into the Boston Harbor. All right. A patriot isn't uh, a white guy with a musket uh, sailing across the Potomac. Uh, a patriot comes in all forms. Uh, that's willing to stand up and make a change and fight for what's right. And even though you may not have to be on the front line with your boots on your feet on the pavement standing in the way, your voice can do the exact same thing. Your vote can do the exact same thing to sow your patriotism. Um, don't get fooled into the games of, oh, they just want you to vote so they can see where you are and keep tracks of you. Stop listening to that. Get out there. Be a part of this. Let's make a change. This is a very important year in the city of Vacaville. This is a very important year in the state of California. This is a very important year in the United States itself. All right. So please don't sit there and complain and just stay behind your phone or on your laptop thumbing out how angry you are. It's your chance to get involved and be engaged. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on uh, public comment. Again, you can find me on Facebook at Edward Russell. You can find me on Twitter at Fit Real Estate Agent. You can find me on Instagram at Smitty underscore public uh, underscore comment. Uh, all my stuff is up there. Uh, we're on Anchor FM. We're on Spotify. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast is where you can find me. 
And again, I'm, uh, again, I'm not just going to be on here every day just, just so I can hear myself speak. I want to make sure it's insightful. I want to make sure it's educational. Hopefully this young man motivated you to get up out your seat and go run for one of those four seats that's available at the city council or the four seats that's on uh, the school board uh, that's available. Uh, I hope it was positive. Uh, I don't think there was nothing negative that he said. Uh, I think it is encouraging that we have someone uh, with the introspective to say, we do need to have a diverse representation that looks like the city that we live in. All right. So again, thank you for joining me. I hope you found this to be insightful. I hope you share it with someone. Uh, how about this? How about you share it with someone that you don't even know? Uh, and that will start a, just a general conversation with a stranger for you. And that's what I think we need right now. People saying they want safe conversations. How about we have a real conversation? How about you just talk to a stranger and say, hello, how are you doing today? And then maybe the, uh, the, the, uh, the podcast will come up in your general conversation. And then that's how we create that bond. And that's how we create that friendship. And then that's how we knock down that negativity. That's how we knock down that stereotype. Go have a conversation with a stranger today. Don't wait for tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Go have a, a conversation with a stranger today. Ask them about what, how they see things. Ask them what their freedom looks like. Ask them what their equity looks like. Ask them what uh, their love looks like. And you'll be amazed at what you hear. And it might sound like yours. And then it may not. And then you can have a conversation. So again, thank you for joining me. Until next time, people, uh, be well. I'm moving as fast as I can Sending my prayers to God He doing whatever he can I'm way too deep in this field But fuck it, I'm taking a chance That boy thinking he is a beast I'm knocking him off his stance These people do not understand I'm moving as fast as I can Sending my prayers to God He doing whatever he can I'm way too deep in this field But fuck it, I'm taking a chance That boy thinking he is a beast I'm knocking him off his stance And we rolling that dope up again Ready to go spin again That bitch gon' do what she do But she know a young nigga the man is